It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the success line. Your host Ben Fairfield here and I'm excited today because I get to speak uh, with Mr. Dustin Olson. Dustin, how are you today? I am living the dream, my friend. That's a better better way to be than not. So tell us, tell everyone listening. Nightmares and dreams Dustin? too, though. But yeah. just to clarify, <laughs> but like I'm still doing guy. absolutely amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're living a one of your good dreams, like that's all that matters. So yeah. who is, I know Dustin from uh, the Success Coaching Certification. We got to spend a little over 50 hours together. Uh, you're just a, a ton of fun. And I'm so glad we could talk today. I was just joking with you before we recorded. I truly have no idea what your question is or where we're going today. So this is going to be authentic. <laughs> Everyone's listening in real time, just like always. So so before we go there, tell us who's Dustin, what's your background, uh, and what do you do today? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, quite a pleasure. Fun. Uh, been, oh, man, Success Magazine ever since, gosh, I was in a teen, right? But yeah. uh, first and foremost, I mean, family first. Yeah, I'm a single father. Pretty much 24-7, 365 to a 10-year-old daughter is the love of my life, Miss Little Lilia. Um, emphasis on the word single, if the right lady is listening. Right? <laughs> Come um, on, success ladies. <laughs> yes. Yes. Share the vision and the dream. Uh, you know, a quick overview, I guess. Uh, uh, I've had a pretty wild ride in career paths. <clears throat> you know, my dad was head engineer. At Kodak, so I naturally I grew up in Rochester, New York, you know, snow belt. But uh, I actually started out in life thinking I was going to be a professional fighter in Taekwondo. I was even you know doing intense training uh, pre Olympic Lake Placid, you know, Colorado Springs you know, for Athens there, and decided to quit that and drop out and uh, go to college instead. But I was like, all right, well, you know, let's get into veterinary medicine, and uh, went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins there, but. Uh, after six months, dropped out of that, made the parents really proud, got an art degree. <laughs> right? Of so course, I, like every started, coach, yeah. Started my own design and marketing firm, but it realized real quickly that a lot of people, they think freelance, it means free. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I've, I've got to do something better than this, right? And it, so that's when I realized I was actually phenomenal at sales, right? I started working for AT&T, doing some inside sales, quickly became... Uh, you know, trainer, manager, and then a sales coach, helping all these other guys, you know, achieve success. And then was like, all right, well, let's see if I can start playing with the big boys. At that time, it was pharmaceutical sales. And so I was like, all right, let me see if I can get in there. But uh, realized, again, I didn't have long enough blonde hair and my chest wasn't nearly large enough to probably make it in pharma at that time. So went in and found medical device sales. Now this was I don't know how I either got here or just uh, maybe I took a detour or I lost a bet somewhere, but it ended up in urology and it was a specialty for uh, men's and women's sexual health. Pretty fun. But uh, uh, some devices, you know, vacuum devices and penile implants and the whole nine yards. But uh, again, I mean, I was crushing it in sales and ended up moving into trainer and coaching. But I mean, by that time when you're seeing, ah, uh, no. 
bringing back memories, but 80 to 100 naked bodies a week, and usually not the nice ones, right? I mean, they're, you're trying to help out a situation. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got I to gotta switch this up. Something now, different. It, it turns out my whole family, I was trying to avoid being the fifth generation real estate professional in my family, but now I am, right? So I was like, all right, fine. So right around 2012, got my broker's license, ended up absolutely crushing it. Residential, commercial, did well over 600 deals. Was able to stack away into the bank, save wisely. And then I was like, all right, well, what do I do now? And that's when started pursuing coaching. So I was like, hey, I can stack on both of these. And oddly enough, I'm actually second generation real estate business coach. <laughs> so I was like, all awesome. this work to go off into these crazy tangents. And lo and behold, it kept me still on the same train tracks as the rest of my family. Uh, but I absolutely love it. Do deals with mom, do deals with dad, um, you know, do my own investments, single family, multifamily. You know, I've coached hundreds of agents now that, you know, completely have destroyed my record, which I'm super proud of them. Uh, it, it would probably coach for free, but don't, don't tell anybody that pays me that because but it's, <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal. Probably but about 3,000 hours or so. It's now. your wheelhouse, right? Like it's obviously yeah. your niche. So you, you've got a passion for helping people, right? When the I get a sick thing, thrill out of it, Ben. I don't know what it is. Well, but, but the beautiful is. thing is you're in a position <laughs> where you can make money, make a living yeah. by impacting other people. So so kudos yes. to you for, uh, again, I, I think before we even get into the question, like this is so he, key for everyone listening. A lot, of, a lot of times we judge ourselves on the length of time of specific journeys, right? So you went through a journey of different destinations and cul-de-sacs and wrong turns and dead ends, and ultimately, it brought you right to where you are now. Yet, if you would have tried to shortcut that journey, it may not be who you are where you are right now. And there's a reason for everything. So not to judge ourselves for the length of time we take on the journeys of life, because all of those ultimately come to serve us if we we allow them to, if we see them that way. I agree. Yeah, it's That's all awesome. for a purpose. It's all what you do with the cards that you have, right? Absolutely. And there's been some huge successes who've been dealt hands uh, way worse than any of ours. And so uh, if they can't, if they can do it, then so can we. So, so all that to say, you, uh, you, you had a, a big life journey, lots of lessons learned that all made you who you are. Um, you're a coach, you're an investor, uh, you're a dad, you're, you're just, you're impacting lots of people. So, so all that to say, um, what, uh, what brings us here today? Because genuinely, honest to God, I have no idea what this question is. <laughs> and I'm excited because I, I know that we're going to have some fun unpacking whatever it is. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> the question, uh, and this is one that gets everybody all the time, and I'm always still learning onto this one. And it comes up time and time again, time management. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't believe in time management. I think you just posted something about, you know, Einstein. But unless we really want to get into Einstein's theory of relativity and quantum <laughs> physics and, you know, black holes and put everybody to sleep by the end of this podcast, um, let's pretend for the moment that we cannot change time. There's no way you can manage time. So Ooh. instead of talking about time management, which I think is almost a scapegoat for people to blame time, right? Like, what are some of the best practices for self-management or like, you know, in other oh. words, who do people need to be and what will that allow them to do to better manage themselves with the time they have? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is like a coach's dream. This is like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I love this one. And so I'm assuming you're human like me. And so you've experienced challenges in this area as well and continue to because we're all human. 
severe uh, ADHD. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I love what you just said, and I want to let's start uh, with a foundation before we get into some practical application because I think we all need to make sure we're on the same page here. So, uh, I am in complete agreement with you that time management is a myth. We need to understand time for what it is. Time is a commodity. Time is a resource, and, and we are investing time, good and bad, every single day. So people that say, I don't have time for that, I would challenge anyone listening, when you find yourself saying, I don't have time for that today, reframe it, stop in that moment, reframe it, and instead say, I choose not to make time for that, I choose not to give time to that. Because that's in essence what you're saying. Whether that's good or bad, whether that cuts you in a good way or a bad way, you're, you're choosing not to give time to that, to it be a person, an event, a thing, a process, what, a meeting, whatever it is. But we have to understand that time is a commodity. It's the one thing we cannot create more of. It, it is one of the only things we can't create more of, right? We can't, we can't just have a machine that creates more of it. So, so how do we better utilize and maximize the time that we have? And so you said, like, there's no such thing as time management. Completely agree there. Because you and I both know <clears throat> incredibly high performers who achieve monster results, in the same amount of time or less time than other people that we coach and know that have mediocre to average results in twice as much time potentially. So it's not, a, it's not about how much time we have. It's about what we do with the time we have and where we're choosing to invest the time. So, so unpack this idea because I agree with you, but let's make sure we're really laying this foundation before we kind of jump off and go deep here. This <clears throat> self-management concept, what does that mean to you? I mean, A, it's, you've got to know yourself first right? Where are your own blind spots? And again, what's your environment like? And it's going to vary for everybody. And you're going to have to deal with, again, the cards that you have, or do you, you know, what do you need to say yes to, but also what do you need to say no to? And remember that when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and vice yep. versa. And saying yes to a few great things <clears throat> requires saying no to a lot of good things. It doesn't mean they're yeah. not good, but we have to get good at saying no to things that are good so that we have capacity and bandwidth and time to say yes to the things that are great, the things that that actually move us in the direction we want to go. So so this self-management principle and this concept, and, and again, foundationally, and then we'll jump into some practical, because I want to hear how this is showing up for you. Um, yeah. You've got to know yourself first, right? I mean, it comes down to you. 100%. And, and that's why there's no one size fits all, right? Like there's any of these coaches or practitioners or um, scumbags that are online saying that there's like this, this, <laughs> this is the way, like this is the way, the Mandalorian, this is the way. It's not, there's not just one way, right? Like everybody's different and unique. Now there are some principles that we can follow that apply to everyone, but the way that they show up inside of that person's world is going to be a little bit different each time. And so uh, a couple of these principles on on the self management side. You know, we're we're January twenty first, so we know that as of the eighteenth, according to a couple of recent studies, by the eighteenth of the month, over eighty percent of New Year's resolutions were out the window. By the eighteenth, people didn't even get eighteen days into this, man. Like so. So the reason I bring that up is this: uh, I have a huge, huge, huge problem with people setting New Year's resolutions. Because they're garbage. They don't work. They don't stick. It's like a hope and a dream. Like hope is not a strategy. A resolution is not a strategy. Right? What we need to look at is, uh, to you, your point, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become so that I consistently do the certain things 
that will lead me to getting what it is that I want, whether it's a thing or an income level or, or our position or whatever the case may be. But it's the process of becoming that we need to focus on. And so this self-management pro- self process really comes down to what habits do I need to instill, change or modify that will lead to different results? Because again, we're all under this, bound by the same confines of time. So what habits do I need to instill, sharpen, or change or replace uh, so that I, I become the person and do the things consistently to get me to where I want to go? So uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then I want to get into how this shows up in your world. Yeah, agreed. And it's, <clears throat> I think there's certain steps too that we can apply those principles down even to more managerial steps with, you know, making the right decisions or calendars and uh, into more of the objects that are tied more closely to time itself. Absolutely. So, so this is where, for those that are listening and we're this, this age old question of how do I, how do I manage my time better? Quote unquote, how do I get more done? How am I more effective in the time that I have? Because one of the biggest lies entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you've seen this too. And I know you probably told yourself this and I have told myself this as well. The biggest lie that we tell ourselves and entrepreneurs tell themselves is that if I just do more, if I just do more, then I'll get there. If I just spend more time, I'll get there. It's like this whole, this idea of this hustle culture that we've been living in for the last, you know, 24 to 36 months. It's absolute garbage. You can hustle your way into death. Like you can hustle your way into burnout. You can hustle your way into bankruptcy. Doing more is not the answer. It's doing more of the right things. That's the answer. And so this concept of self-management, in my opinion, is really surgically, to your medical background, surgically dissecting the difference between what we could do, all the things we could do, and the, the three to four things that we, we should do, that we must do, that move the needle so that it gets us on the path to where we want to go. So in your world, you're a coach, you're an investor, uh, you, you have a challenge with focus from the sounds of it. Like I, I get that completely because I know someone named Ben that does the same. So, so you have a lot of things coming at you. You're, you're busy, you're, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. And so I'm guessing that you wrestle with this, this time management, self-management thing on a probably minute by minute or hour by hour basis. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll look at the kitty. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to wear blinders at all times. So, so let's unpack that. So, so you, you are- Not at six- all times. There's times where I let the blinders off, but I schedule that. Yeah, 100%. And, <laughs> and this, is, this is my favorite part of this, this whole topic and this whole conversation when it comes up is, is Dustin not, not taking anything away from where you're at right now because you are achieving great success in what you're doing right now. And I'm sure lots of people listening are as well. The, the funnest part for me in this when I'm coaching people through this kind of a conversation is regardless of where you're at now, even if you think it's great right now, and, and I trust that a lot of people listening and you, you're in a position now that's significantly better than you were years ago. And so it's worth celebrating. So again, it's not taking anything away from where we are and what could we become? What level could we get to? So we've already proven to ourselves that we can go from where we were to where we are. So when we refine our self-management, when we refine how we allocate our resources, including time, what's the, the height that we could take it to? What level could we get to? So in your world, what do you think that looks like? What, where do you see the, the possibility of, of leveling up or breaking through some ceilings based on a few potentially small tweaks? Yeah, you know, it's better every day, right? Or complacency kills. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
I don't know. It'd be great if I can just like go back to skydiving again and maybe do my coaching calls from diving. I mean, it's sweet. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we'd ever get to that one, but Hey, I'm not saying it's not possible. Um, you know, breaking things down a little bit more on the investment side. I mean, coaching is time intensive and yes, we have one-on-one calls, but there's also the emails and texts that always go back and forth. And, you know, there's the occasional, oops, life happens. Uh, yes, it's mitigated and controlled to a point and I still love doing it, but it does drive away a little bit from the investment side. The, actually, tell you the truth, the one thing that's a light bulb for me, I would love my assistants back, right? I had a team mm. of like, four or five assistants and the one I, the one I hired I was deathly afraid of her <laughs> right so she was my complete I was like hey you're not in the office by 5 30 I'm like yeah but uh, wait wait a second it's my office like <laughs> why am that, I getting yelled that's at that's a healthy that's, push yeah, right yeah yeah and so I would love it to have a supportive you know full-on team again so because that would help me again prioritize what are the revenue generating activities are the most important things that I'm best at to focus on my strengths even more so than the mediocre things that I'm okay at or the things that I'm just doing because I'm doing them because they, they're they urgent, just not important, right? Sure. If we're looking at a four-quadrant sector. 100%. 100%. And, and that's that distinction. Uh, the way I, I have couched that literally as recently as yesterday in a coaching call was distinguishing between the urgent and the strategic, right? Urgent is what's right in front of us and looks or appears to be on fire, Strategic is the stuff that when I do those things, a lot of the other things that I could do aren't important anymore, aren't necessary. So really figuring out the distinction there. So so you said bringing in leverage, which I think is awesome, right? Again, huge game changer has been for me in the past multiple times. Um, so I, I, I'm totally in agreement with you there. So in your specific situation, um, what would you see this this leverage or this person, let's say one person to start, but where would this person really be of most benefit to you? What specific areas of your business or what could they take off your plate? Yeah, some of it, uh, it, there's a lot, right? I mean, just even from, you know, record keeping to, I mean, we've got property managers and stuff. So that's, you know, one thing, but finding the deals right now would be Great, because we're not buying anything on market because we're not going to get into bidding wars. That's what I did for my clients for years. I know better. Uh, I'm not (laughs) getting into it. Right. Uh, I will definitely find off market. But a lot of the research and development just from finding somebody's phone number is so time intensive. It's worth gold, but that's not what I'm best at. I'm best at, you know, getting the agreements and signing up the deals and negotiating and, and making the relationships happen to go help people with their real estate, which, you know, benefits us too. But, you know. The best negotiations where everybody walks away unhappy. Yeah. That's what we try well, to do. <laughs> you, you said something there. I want to make sure everyone stops here for a second, write something down that are listening. Because this was taught to me, this concept was taught to me years ago by a billionaire, and I've never forgotten it. I literally apply it every single chance I get in my life. Uh, and some people are going to hear this, Dustin, they're going to think, oh, that's an elitist thing to say. It is not at all. This can be applied regardless of income level. But I want you to hear it for what it's, what it's saying, what it really is. And what they taught to me was they said, look, I want you to look back over the course of the last six months or a year, and I want you to look at your productive hourly wage. So when you are doing your 20% activities, the Pareto principle, you're doing the, the, the top level, most strategic needle moving activities in your world, whatever that is. But when you're doing those things, you take that amount of time divided by your income, and that gives you your productive hourly wage. And what they told me was you, you'll never get past yourself. You'll never get past your personal ceiling of achievement. We all have one. 
set at different levels. We all have one, but you're never going to get past it until you can start to look at everything that you do, every task, every, every way that you're spending or investing time, good or bad. And if it's below that productive hourly rate, you hand it to somebody else that's better at that than you are. Because your time is worth so much more doing more of your day spent in that 20% than it is making the phone calls, chasing phone numbers, verifying email addresses, sending the letters that are all templated, by the way, anyway, I'm, I'm assuming. Like, so what's your productive, I'm not asking you, but everyone listening, like, what's your productive hourly rate? And then how much of your day are you spending doing activities that could be hired out for less than that productive hourly rate? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I've even, you know, carried a little thumb stopwatch at the swimmers use and, and timed myself of like, okay, when am I working? When am I not? Right. Those, oh, look at the kitty moments. I was like, ah, oh, stop. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy, right? The squirrels, the shiny objects. Yeah. Yet when we can, we can get ourselves to a point, and this is from a practical standpoint, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you're doing because I think this could potentially help you. It's been game changing for me. Uh, but I, you know, I always fought this whole time blocking thing. Because I, uh -huh. a lot of practitioners out there say that you should have every minute of every hour of your entire day blocked. And, and that's fine if that's their prerogative. For me and for the people I've coached, I don't find that realistic. I just don't. I, I have to leave room for life to happen. So I shoot to have about 70% of my day blocked, but I leave 30% of white space for the, the, hey, do you have a minute? Something comes up, life happens, whatever the <laughs> case may be. I want to leave some white space to deal with what comes up. What I, what you can, you can look at my calendar right now and what you'll see is 70% of every day is time blocked and it's also color coded. And so I look at my, my calendar as a way for me to audit my time spent. So green, every event on my calendar that's green is when I'm doing money-making activities. Whatever my industry is or yours or whoever's listening, when I'm doing lead generation or activities that make me money, that negotiation, client interaction, relationship building stuff, that's green on my calendar. When it's stuff that's administrative that I, I'm doing, but somebody else could do, I make it blue. And when it's personal stuff, I make it red. And when I'm coaching, it's yellow, four colors. At the end of every week, I can look back at my Google Calendar and at a glance, in a, in a snap moment, I can know exactly where I spent more of my time that week. And, and in that moment, it allows me the opportunity to pre-plan next week to make course corrections. If I'm spending too much time, I see too much blue on my calendar, administrative stuff that, that I can do but I shouldn't be doing, guess what? That's on me to find the leverage and give those tasks to somebody else so that I can have space to put more green or yellow on my calendar. Does that make sense? Yeah, my calendar looks like if you look at a doctor's office or a dentist office scheduling. It's like, what the? <laughs> Makes people want to throw up, right? They're like, oh my, what? I'm like, yeah, but it's freedom to me. And it, mine does the same thing. And I do pack it for the uh-ohs and the accidents and the, you know, the urgent but not important things to jump in there and fires to come in. But during the morning, it's jam-packed. I mean, it's VIP time. It's me. It's my exercise. It's my meditation. It's And there's no gaps in there because I don't turn my phone on. I don't touch my emails until 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning because mm -hmm. that's when all hell breaks loose and rabbit holes happen. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, but as it goes... On the day, I put those gaps just a little bit further usually because, <laughs> yeah, we all know it, it you know, it, it wanes in your, you know, the amount of willpower that you have and then more things end up piling and piling and piling. So, you know, get the things done most important in the beginning. And the first thing I actually do is plan. I don't think 
You know, we all spend like 15, 20 minutes if we go with a group of people out to eat, planning where we're going to go for an hour, yet we work an eight-hour day and don't plan at all. It's like, right. wait a second. Right. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and to that point, too, uh, another, another hack for everyone listening, taught this a long time ago. You know, work will always expand to fill the time allowed. And so a lot of us, by default, if we use Google Calendar or Outlook, if you're, you know, I'm not going to go there. But most of us use Google Calendar. But if we're scheduling meetings, by default, they schedule for 30 minutes or 60 min- minutes. And again, this is one of the same people that has influenced my life in a big way that, that I call it bending time. They figured out how to manipulate time. They're not creating more of it, but they figured out how to get it to peak efficiency. They do not schedule meetings at full 30 or 60 minutes. You can schedule 15-minute meetings with them, 25-minute meetings with them, or 45-minute meetings. That's it. And the beautiful part about that is when people show up to those meetings, subconsciously they show up going, okay, we've got to be really purposeful. We have a short amount of time. And the meetings are more efficient. You create white space between meetings to refresh and recap on what you did and do whatever you promised you were going to do before the next one starts. But, but just that simple little trick of not doing 30-minute meetings, having 15, 25, or 45. If people go on my Calendly right now, they will see that's exactly how it's set up. (laughs) I'm laughing because mine all start 15 after the hour. (laughs) Yes, and it forces efficiency, right? And so most times when you show up to those meetings, the the chit-chat and the the catch-up, which I'm all about, but I'm not all about it when I'm in the middle of peak performance, like that, that's just out, off to the, the wayside because people know like we're going to get in, we're going to get to business and we're going to get out. And so it forces all of us to be more purposeful, which helps, by the way, everyone involved. So, so Dustin, in, in your world, in your business, where do you see the biggest opportunity for you to continue this? Because you're, you're going down this path. You, you, you practice a lot of these principles and uh, we all have a next level we can get to. We all can, can get better at these things and create stronger habits, if, even if we already have habits established. So for you, where do you see the, the most benefit, the most opportunity to level up a current habit or establish a new one? Um, I would say in, in coaching, you know, usually I do one week on, one week off, and I try to batch things, right? And that's where uh, I think time blocking really does help. Uh, one area that I think needs improvement for myself, and I know a lot of people, they get into time blocking and they say, okay, this is my prospecting hour or whatever it is. This is my relationship building. Um, this is all my deadline-driven projects. And what happens is if they miss that, right, or this is my mm. moment to exercise, they think, oh, I just missed it. But with electronic calendars, <laughs> if you miss it, it's liquid. It, you know, it, it's not done. It just gets moved. If you filled that time with something else, well, then move that that was supposed to get done later in the afternoon and you were trying to, you know, do something that was just busy work because you were trying to avoid the really pressing and important work. You didn't like doing it or building something on Excel that you're going to have nightmares about way into the evening, which sucks, by the way. But it, who knows? I think, A, I need to get better at that, at making sure that whatever gets missed, it's not gone. It's just liquid. It gets moved. It needs to be done. Yeah, it was taught to me a long time ago that if you erase, you must replace. Like if you miss it, that's life. Stuff happens. Don't make a habit of that, but it happens. So if you miss it, it's where you're moving it, right? And again, that's where that needing to have the white space on the calendar is so important because you have to have a place to be able to move it. So I I love that. So um, 
what do you, what does that look like for you? Like, how do you, I love the idea. And I think it looks like Groundhog's Day, right? Or yeah. end of tomorrow movies. Really, it's, if it doesn't <laughs> yeah. get to, this, maybe this is a, a great coaching session for parents, right? And chores, like it all piles up until the <laughs> end of the, sorry, kids, you're not going to bed until the, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really puts fire underneath you. And I think some people, especially in a sales career, they work very good under procrastination. But I don't look at procrastination as a potential default. I look at it as, a, you know, if, you're good at procrastination and I need something done that usually takes six hours. I need it done in an hour. I'm picking you. Yeah. I want you in there. Right. And that's packing the time with as much stuff. We underestimate what we can do in a year, but overestimate what we can do in an hour. And I think a, to your point, again, leaving enough dead space where if you do screw that up, you can fill it up, but not filling up that dead space just because you have it. Oh, I get to fluff off. It's like, no, fill it. Yep. With something productive. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I love that. Well, and I, I think, so I, again, you're, you're talking about something that, that I continually wrestle with. And I think if everyone's being honest, they do as well of this. If it, if it doesn't happen here, making sure that I'm, I'm moving it forward to a time where it does. I get, I'll give telling myself real world example. Um, I'm under deadline for a <clears throat> column for success magazine. I was supposed to have it in end of day today. And the thing I'll, I'll say to everyone, I'm telling to myself, like I got taught by John Maxwell years ago that when you mess up, leaders fess up. And so I yeah. sent a message this morning to the editor of the magazine and I said, hey, Cece, just being honest, I got caught up in the whirlwind yesterday. I am stacked in recordings and videos and podcasts today. I'm going to tomorrow morning have coffee and the first thing I'm doing is getting that written and I'll have it to you by midday tomorrow, right? Again, so that's on me. <laughs> That was me not managing She's you, you're the not whirlwind. allowed to have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no coffee. No, she was great with it, right? But, <laughs> yeah. but here, I think most people, they don't, they don't, it's uncomfortable to send that message. It's uncomfortable to say, hey, I didn't control my time well yesterday. And as a result, here we are. I'm not going to be able to fulfill what I told you I could. And so here's my plan moving forward. Like a lot of us don't want to have that conversation because it's uncomfortable. What I can tell you is a couple of things for me. When I'm working to build this habit, having those conversations is one of the ways I get better at building that habit because I don't want to have more of them. <laughs> so right. avoiding it is not going to serve me. It's not helping me. It's not growing me in that area. Address it. You, you, you mess up, fess up. Own it. Like it happened. I can't change what did happen. I can change things so that it doesn't happen again. And so really making sure that we're, we're call it, we call it in the certification for NLP, we call it being at cause. Like, I am at cause for that. This, I could blame all the other things that came up. I could blame the other people that weren't prepared and needed my help to get their butts out of a ringer. I could blame everything else in the world. That was on me still because I didn't control my time. I didn't say no. And so I allowed myself to be caught up in the whirlwind and it took me off, uh, off schedule, off deadline. So uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So as you're, and, and again, not that you have to tell on yourself like I just did, but as you're working to build this <laughs> muscle and build this habit, um, what are you seeing <clears throat> being some of your biggest... Uh, challenges or what have you learned along the way of, of getting better at this? It's never ending. Um, I used to hate like even wearing a watch, right? I'm highly individualistic, just me in my own time. Yeah, don't you eat your Brussels sprouts? Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it, to me, it was really freedom when I learned how to do this and even planning my free time, but then having to understand and own up of like, hey, I've got to chunk into some free time here. Sorry, 
Uh, family time, it's most of the time that doesn't get touched. Otherwise, I'm in trouble there too, right? And that's yeah. usually family first. So it may be my own personal time on a Sunday where I'm reading or something instead of now I got to get this done. Now, I used to actually write all this down because it took me forever to kind of transition from handwritten you know, ledgers to uh, now doing it all electronic. And man, finally, I got entrusting with the electronic and I live and die by my calendar. I mean, my watch is really the only thing that tells me what to do. I'm like, oh, sorry, guys, I got to jump off or I've got to yeah. go here. I've got to do this. And it's it's freedom. But in the beginning, it was really hard, especially I've got so much white out still because <laughs> I'd have to white things out and then learning to make it liquid. Right. That it's yep. like I was like, oh, I didn't get my workout in. OK. Or the excuse that people do. I don't have a gym. Whatever, man. Drop and give me 20. This is the yep. military does. You have a gym anywhere. <laughs> right. I don't have a yep. gym. I couldn't make it in the morning. Dude, push ups morning. It's quiet. You're not even going to wake anybody up. Yep. You can sit ups. But I know how much you grunt and, right? What, yeah, I think a lot of it is, is it's a habit. And really what's easy to do is get off the habit because there's so many little temptations. And then once you're off, it's knowing yourself again to get yourself back on. It's okay yeah. if you screw up, jump back on the train because you lose that momentum, right? I think what they say, you like a train going one, two miles per hour will go through a brick wall. But if yeah. it's, Standing still, it won't even crush like a little one-inch block. Yep. Yep. It'll completely prevent momentum, prevent movement yeah. when it's still. Anywhere. Momentum is is absolutely key. And you made me think of something else that was said a long time ago. Don't know who to attribute it to. It's not me. Uh, but when it's important enough, when it, when it is at the level of importance that, that it really is something you want, you'll find a way. And when it's not, you'll find an excuse. It's the whole committed versus interested in it. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through seasons where we're going to, to fall down. We're <clears> going to stub our toe. That happens. It's about how quickly you get back up and keep building and get back into momentum of moving towards that goal. So, uh, so Dustin, uh, this is uh, such a timely topic. I think it's great for everyone right now. It's great for everyone all the time. Um, but I hope everyone listening has heard that, that we're still wrestling with this and that, that you are um, as well as I am. And I'm sure all of them are because we're all human and we never arrive we can all level up and get better at, at how we're we're doing the self management and bending time. So uh, the yeah. way the way we uh, we kind of get into the the last part of each of these episodes is is we ask the person here. So what uh, what's the commitment you're making? Because we have a lot of people that download this every month, um, a lot, uh, and so you're going to be making this commitment in front of a lot of people. So what's the commitment? Because you know the power of making commitments in front of a group of people from an accountability standpoint. What's the commitment you want to make? Uh, in regards to leveling up your habit of self-management and getting even better uh, at investing your time? Well, I mean, you, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems, right? So uh, I know one thing that I have to do is uh, ramp up a CRM again and make sure, because I know a, a CRM is going to have a 20 to 30% uh, impact on my business. And, you know, I've got KV core and all this stuff that I, I just haven't utilized and taken the time because it hasn't necessarily been a priority, but I know once I make it a priority to do the grinding work, set it, get it in the calendar, what gets scheduled gets done. Then I can start to automate some of this other stuff as, you know, kind of a virtual assistant out there to take care of some of the stuff that is, is sucking some of the time away from me. That's not on higher priority. And, not revenue generating activity as much so than the things that I need to stay in my lane and do. So yeah, 
definitely utilizing a CRM again. Uh, I'm not brokering anymore. I'm hands off. I'll take referrals all day long, but I am not listing your property. I'm not helping you buy your property. <laughs> I'm doing it all for myself now. I'm selfish, but I do need you know, a CRM to manage, you know, all the people for recruiting for agencies into brokerages or going to uh, recruiting for their properties or land deals and developments or syndication for some of the multifamily and investing. Yeah. So that's my big deal. CRM. So I can take down probably 20 to 30% of my time back. Love it. Okay. And um, so getting a CRM going, the payoff is 20 to 30% of time back or returned. Uh What's your uh, what's your deadline for having that set up? Let me look at my schedule. <laughs> that was a good answer right there. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I can tell you when I'm going to the bathroom, and it's usually, you know, during the day. I've got those little white spaces, and that's the only <laughs> chance I got. <laughs> no, I love that. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, everyone listening can't see this, obviously, but you're literally, I'm watching you. You're looking on your calendar right now to find a day, like, that's the level of commitment that it takes to build a habit. If you really want to bend time, if you want to maximize your output in the same amount of time or less time than those who are getting average results, it's a lifestyle. It's a habit. It's living by and dying by your calendar. And so I asked you this question. You could have flippantly just thrown something out there and not meant it. You're like actually looking at your <laughs> calendar. Oh, I love yeah. it to find a time. Yeah, I'm going to implement. And what I'm going to do is another thing with time blocking is like I do theme days sometimes, right? So I have theme weeks and then I'll have theme days where it's like, okay, I really don't like Mondays. All right, well, let's double down. Let's really hate Mondays. Let's fill it with admin work. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's when I got to be careful because I'm like, oh, look at the kitty. Oh, there's two of them. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but this is, I would put this into admin work. So uh, I know the 31st here of January... I've got a room open in the morning for a three to four hour block. Now, I'm not going to go straight. I'll block sure. them for 55 minutes, leave a five minute so I can go to the bathroom. And then then I've got another block, I think, here the 14th on a Monday and the 28th. So I think three days of really diving in deep and setting in automation into those mornings. I should have that done by the 28th of February. I love that, man. So 31st of January, 14th and 28th. I want to point one thing out there as we're wrapping. Um, I think the other key to this is making or setting up or creating a winnable game. So it's also easy, like you said it, that we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what we can do in a longer period of time. And so ultimately here, you could have just thrown out one day, a couple of hours and felt good about your commitment. But you're saying, no, I, I'm seeing the, the, the scope. This is going to take more time. I'm going to be realistic with myself. And I know that your behavior would have loved to be able to say, I'm going to have it done tomorrow. Yet you're <laughs> creating a winnable game and saying, okay, I'm going to give myself a runway to be able to really get enough airspeed where I can lift off and, and safely <laughs> get this I've also project. built CRMs before. I've had <laughs> nightmares about them. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll never be done, right? They'll never right. be perfect. But I know they do. It's pretty time intensive if you really want to utilize them. Absolutely. And if you're a perfectionist, <laughs> add an extra day. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it. You're, you gave yourself <laughs> enough runway. You're realistic with yourself. And as a result, yeah. um, my bet all day long would be that, that you nail it by the 28th of February, you're going to have this set up. So, so as we're wrapping this, man, hey, I just want to say thank you for being here. Uh, it's been absolutely awesome. You are a, a phenomenal guy. And I want to know for everyone listening, how do they, where's the best or most active place you are on social so that they can connect with you and follow you? 
Uh, you can always hit me right on my LinkedIn. You know, search for Dustin R. Olson, O-L-S-O-N. That's Swedish, not Norwegian. Um, but yeah, I'm in, in the great state of Tennessee in Nashville. Y'all can come down. The water's fine. We love it here in Franklin, a <laughs> little bit south uh, of Nashville, just because it's the friendliest city in the U.S., right? You don't go outside without saying hello to everybody, but that's great. I can leave an Amazon package on my front door for weeks. <laughs> and if anything, no they take it, it inside and there's a note <laughs> of like everybody's just kind of family around here. So we love it. Uh but yeah, LinkedIn's probably the easiest way. I'm on there all the time. Or, you know, you can hit me up at the D-O at coachdo.com. It's my email. I love it. I Coach love it, Dustin. Do. Coach Do. Well, I'm glad that yeah. you did come on the success line. I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, and thank uh, you I know everyone much. is going to take a lot away from this. I have a page of notes. And so I'm just grateful for you being here. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, bud. So this concept of time management, I I hope that you got as much out of the conversation with Dustin. A, he's just a heck of a fun guy. And B, he brings up some incredibly important points. And this idea of time management being a myth is so important that you took away. So I want you to remember, it's about self-management. And the question I leave you all with from this episode, the question we should all be asking ourselves so that... We can bend time and do more in less time and maximize our time. The question is, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become so that I do the things and use time in a way that's going to allow me to get what it is I want? Too many people in this world are just going by default. They're they're a ship without a rudder. They're going wherever the wind blows. And as a result... Their results are mediocre at best. The people who achieve greatness, the people who absolutely hit their goals every single time are the ones that understand that it's not about doing everything, it's about doing the right things. It's not about saying yes to everything, it's about saying no to a lot of things, maybe most things, so that you have the capacity and the time on your calendar and in your world to be able to say yes to the great things that actually put you on the path of achieving your goals. I trust this was helpful for you all. Thank you, as always, for listening, for being a part of the Success Line community. Make sure to apply to be on. We'd love to have you on as a guest and provide this same experience for you and anyone else that you know that's looking for becoming the best version of themselves that they possibly could be. As always, also, please go over to Instagram, at Ben Fairfield. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you think about this episode and the most recent episodes. Look forward to conversing with you there and seeing you right here next week. Take care. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.